What is it you want in life? Health? Money? Power? Sexual satisfaction? Just some damn good sleep? Or is it something else? Welcome to the Citizens of the Globe podcast, where we not only embrace, but encourage change in our environment, in our bodies, in our minds, and in our souls. My name is Michael Maltez, and I aim to break down the borders we create in our minds, one meaningful conversation at a time. Hello, everybody. I'm recording this currently after posting the first episode, which means I'm behind schedule on my recordings, but that's okay because I think this is a much more genuine and real recording that's about to take place because I'm able to convey my feelings and give you guys a little bit more raw Michael and take in your feedback and apply it. First, I just wanted to say thank you for everyone who decided to listen and share the podcast. It means so much to me, and the support has felt unbelievably overwhelming. And um, I just, I love, I love everybody. I love you guys. So thank you so much. Thank you for the feedback. Thank you for hitting me up and letting me know that you resonated with some of the things that I talked about. And um, exploring some conversation with me because that's what this is I just want it to be one big global conversation so yeah just thank you and I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode today's episode's going to be revolving around a book and this is a book that a friend recommended to me uh, a few months ago I finished it sometime in May and I've really had time to sit with the principles it puts forth. The title of the book is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. At first, I read the title and I thought it sounded a little bit malicious, maybe even a little manipulative. But after reading the book, I know now that the principles Dale Carnegie proposes are impossible to implement into your life and create genuine connections with them if your intentions are malicious or they're grounded in manipulation. There are multiple lessons that I learned from this read. Well, I guess I listened to it. Um, Audible is like my newfound best friend i don't know i didn't start using it way before after hearing all the ads from a bunch of different people but i listened to it um just on my commute to and from work i learned a ton so many good lessons to learn about how to navigate my personal interactions and my work interactions just interactions in general with people it's really helped me feel more capable in social settings. And while I could spend hours talking about the book, I think the thing that I want to talk about for today's episode is the appreciation effect. And it's not what he calls it in the book, but I think it summarizes 
um, pretty concisely what he means in the book. So I'm calling it the appreciation effect. While Dale Carnegie talks about appreciating people mostly in a business sense, he touches on interpersonal relationships. That's where I want to focus on, though, today. I want to take what he talks about, my knowledge from my interpersonal communications class that I took last semester, and my personal experiences in my own relationships, and help build a foundation for you to move forward and implement this effect or this tool. Hopefully, you gain something. So to start off, I want you to think back. Think back to a time when you felt genuinely appreciated for something you did or just existing. Maybe it was at work and somebody really thanked you for how hard you had been working and they noticed all the effort you've been putting in around work. That validation feels good. Or maybe you cooked a really, really good meal for your family and you could just see on their faces how content they were with your meal. Or maybe you were walking the street and there was somebody who hadn't ate a meal in a day or two and you provided them with their next meal. I think those moments, those feelings that that are created in those moments. Those are essential feelings to the human experience. And everybody needs to feel those things. There's not a soul on this planet that can have a fulfilling life without feeling appreciated. Hopefully, you're starting to remember what that feeling was like. Now, I want you to hold on to those feelings and think about someone you care about immensely. When was the last time you appreciated that person? When was the last time you were able to elicit those feelings in them. What were the following moments like after you were able to genuinely appreciate the person you're thinking of? It's safe to say that they felt warm and you felt warm and things were good. Let's work on creating more of those moments together. To do that, I think we need to touch on what happens in place of the appreciation effect. See, oftentimes, we find ourselves resorting to criticism. Whether it's constructive or destructive criticism, that's what we tend to do, especially in our interpersonal relationships. I'd like to walk through that process with you. Because what happens when you criticize someone for a mistake they made or whatever they did, 
you have to understand that that person views the world entirely from their perspective first. Meaning you instantly put them on the defensive and they will try to justify their actions. You and I do this as well. We're no messiahs. I know when I make a mistake at work and they are pointed out to me, I often try to explain or rationalize the reasons for my mistake. And they often sound like this. I'm so sorry. See, I just have a lot going through my mind right now. I have stuff going on at home and my mind wasn't fully on the task and that's completely on me. Or, see, I was juggling this thing and this thing and trying to do them both efficiently and I ended up failing horribly at both. If you're good, you may convince yourself and others that your mistake was justified. But more often than not, people will just think you're making excuses. I think you can start to remember your own situations in which you were trying to either rationalize your behavior or mistake or you thought somebody was just trying to make excuses for their behavior or mistake. And I'm not saying forgive everybody and make peace. I'm just saying take note of human behavior. Well, what can we do then? Armed with the knowledge of how humans react to criticisms, you can make a genuine effort to do something outside of the norm that's more constructive for everybody without sacrificing your integrity. The next time someone in your life makes a mistake that affects you, especially in interpersonal relationships, try and stop that automatic process of criticism and defense. Take a second. Breathe. See if there's something you can appreciate about the moment. Maybe your partner folded the clothes and put it away in the wrong drawer. Or your friends told you they were going to pick you up, but they picked you up 20 minutes late. In both of those scenarios, there was a fault in the execution. But now, after listening to this, you have a conscious decision to make. Criticize or appreciate. It's my hope by the end of this, you will understand that it is better for you and whoever it is on the other side of this relationship for you to pick appreciate. Maybe, instead of getting home, seeing the laundry done and telling your significant other that they put your socks away in the wrong drawer or the shirt away in the wrong drawer. You just go up to them, give them a hug and a kiss, and say thank you. After all, the next time you guys do laundry, you can make sure you're there for the folding process and put it away in the drawer that you want. Maybe your partner takes note of that, and now they know where to put that shirt or that sock. 
You can even mention it softly without doing harm to the other person's ego. And if you think about it, if someone has done something for you, and the first thing you tell them is what they did wrong about that action, they are likely not going to bother trying again. Because you've dismissed the good deed that they were trying to do for you. This whole appreciation effect has been psychologically proven to be a key part in preserving your relationships. John Gottman, who was known for his ability to predict couples that would get divorced with 90% accuracy, all after just one conversation with that couple, had something to say about marriages that have already elapsed the two-year mark. He says the biggest predictor for divorce in those marriages was a lack of positive emotions and interactions. Meaning, it's okay if the couples were arguing and fighting, even in unhealthy manners. We hope that you guys can develop healthy strategies for arguing and navigating your discussions and communicating. But even for couples who did have less than stellar communication skills, it wasn't the arguments that ended the relationship. It was the lack of positive emotions, the lack of appreciation and validation. And well, if you're listening to this and you're noticing some things about your life and your relationships, really pay attention to those thoughts. They mean something. And while John Gottman was focused on marriages, I think some of those principles can also be applied to your friendships and your relationships with your siblings and your mother and your father, all those interpersonal relationships. I think we need to continue to have those positive interactions and emotions to foster connection, human connection. And we can get even more basic than that. B.F. Skinner, the psychologist who developed the theory of operant conditioning, said that there are four ways we can affect behavior. There's positive reinforcement, in which you reward the behavior you want. This can look like taking your kid to the amusement park because they got good grades. There's negative reinforcement, in which you remove a bad consequence in response to the behavior you want. This looks like removing a curfew for your kid who is proven to be pretty responsible. Then we shift gears to punishment. There's positive punishment, which is adding a consequence in response to an unwanted behavior. This looks like grounding your kid because they got in a fight at school. And then there's negative punishment, removing something good as a consequence to unwanted behavior. This looks like taking your kid's phone away because they were cyberbullying a fellow classmate. And after all that research... B.F. Skinner found that the most effective and lasting way to change behavior was to reward the behavior that you want. This means that positive reinforcement throughout the lifespan 
seems to be the most effective way to change someone's behavior. And so going back to our folding clothes analogy, if you wish that your partner would put the clothes away in the right drawer, the best way to get them to do that is to positively reinforce the behavior you want. So maybe the next time they do fold the clothes and they put it away in the right drawer, really show them how much you appreciate that. Because they've made a conscious effort to accommodate you. And that's worth appreciating. And if you apply this theory of operant conditioning to your interpersonal relationships, and you genuinely start to appreciate people for the things that they do, you'll see that they're more inclined to continue working in the direction that you want. And this is where it can sound a little manipulative and unethical, but remember, if you are looking to manipulate, people are very perceptive. They'll sniff that out. You can't just go through life being ingenuine. At some point, you have to be honest with yourself. Wrestle with your thoughts. Question why you do the things you do. Question your ethics and your morals. Really try to understand who you are and why you do the things you do. If you can do that, people will appreciate you more. Because people innately appreciate genuine connection. Okay, so I'm confident after all that, you're able to see the benefits to choosing appreciation over criticism for everyone involved, not just yourself. Now I'd like to tackle this issue on a philosophical scale. Have you had enough time to think about the wants in your life? Whatever you want, I guarantee that they can be satisfied. Except for one thing. And that's the feeling of being important. This feeling is something that you cannot go out into the world and force. This is something that comes to you. It's a feeling of validation and appreciation for your efforts. And it's something we all want. William James a prominent professor of psychology from the late 1800s, received a gift from his former students, and it was an azalea tree. In response, he wrote a letter to them, and in that letter he said he realized that the deepest principle of human nature is the craving to be appreciated. 
See, receiving that azalea tree from his students touched him so deeply because he poured his heart into psychology and was able to touch the hearts of his students. And in turn, they were able to touch his heart. That craving for a moment was satisfied. I think that throughout the day, if you and I can remember that humans just want to be reassured that we are seen and appreciated for not just what we do, but also just existing, we can not only make others' days better, I truly believe we'll make our own days better. Because this appreciation effect is infectious. So, to end things today, I hope you feel inspired to be more compassionate and a more appreciative human today. With that, thank you for listening. I hope you have the kind of day that you want to have.